turns out my knowledge of the podcast was good enough for it anyway. Um, so hey everybody, why don't we uh, just get right into it by saying this is the Enemy Slime Podcast, episode number 185. I'm your usual host, Jared, and I am joined today by Mr. Michael Mahoney. Hey everyone, how are you doing? I have Mr. Doug Wilson. I'm melting. I have Mr. Trevor Bowles. Good afternoon, good evening, and good night. It is a sweltering day uh, here in our, what would you call this? Is this a home? Fortress. Yeah. It's a home. Palatial it's, mansion. Here here, yeah. here in the PAX Fortress, where we've uh, laid laid down base for, the, for the show. Uh, it is worth noting, this is the first podcast that we have done that features more than three of us. Uh, in one place at one time. Uh, more than any of us in one place at one time. Well, we, because we did the greatest hits, and that was us oh, three. Oh, yeah, and that was the best one since. And uh, and then I did one with Jay in E3, but it's never exceeded four people, so this is this is a, a record. History. So Glad you could be a part of that, Trevor. Yeah. Uh, you just you just met us in person this week, mm-hmm. uh, so uh, I hope that was worked well for you. I cannot open this beer. I'm not. Will you, will you open my beer, Daddy? <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I wanted to. Not, not not even challenging for those of you at home. <laughs> it literally just fell right off the second Michael touched it. Like I said, uh, we're we're like we're, we're having a really good time at PAX. We saved some money on the on the Airbnb, and so uh, we're 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 living in what what is it eighty four degrees? Yeah, mm-hmm. but we invested in liquor, so you know we're okay. So we're we're no offsetting AC it here in Seattle. We're offsetting it with beer, but how well it, that works will will remain to be seen. Yeah, it's a, it's it's like record heat mm-hmm. for for Seattle, certainly this time of year. Uh, global warming's not real. Don't get me wrong, but right. uh, but but it's hot. But it is hot. Yeah. It, is, it is hot every hundred years or it so. It is yeah. inexplicably hot. Nobody knows why it's as hot as it is. And it's just the, the, the first step before global cooling. <laughs> yeah, it's going to global cool down <laughs> in just a little bit. So everything's fine. No reason to panic. But um, How are you guys enjoying the show? Well, it's my first. It's been pretty enjoyable. Yeah? I, uh, you know, getting that. It's a little, you know, it's you're a little bright-eyed and bushy-tailed you know, going in and Day two is a little bit more, I was a little bit more lethargic, but uh, overall seeing a lot of good games. And Doug, what is your diplomatic answer? My legs are tired. <laughs> very my good, legs very are good. very tired. Yeah, that's, uh, tired legs is uh, definitely a, a hallmark of the show. I don't know if I like this coffee beer. Mm, it's all right. My legs are tired because I've been kicking so many nerds in the face. <laughs> so, I mean, yeah, maybe we, we could start the, uh, the people of PAX. Obviously, you guys are... Now a little more familiar with that. Um, we've, we've already met a, a array of interesting individuals, I think. Um, but let's let's talk about uh, maybe the games that we saw, and, and maybe we should just uh, focus on high points. Mm-hmm. Um, For now. Uh, so should we just go around? What, what's everybody's favorite thing that they've seen? Uh, let's, let's start with Trevor, and then we'll work our way this way. What, what's your favorite thing that you've seen so far? It's only day two. We still have a it whole is. day. It's only day two. I don't know. Right now, it's really got to be... It's really a three-way tie for me right now um, for what I thought was the best that I've seen. I, if I were to pick one, I'd probably say Phantom Doctrine. I, mm-hmm. I'd say that's probably my favorite. But close contenders are going to be Battle Chasers and... Um, and uh, Ruiner, and, and Battle Chasers is the last. That's the last game you saw. Yeah. You, you just barely saw that today. Yep, it was uh, really good. So yeah. that's pretty impressive that mm-hmm. it's worked its way into into the echelon definitely uh, already. Uh, and like I said, we've got. Uh, you don't have as many appointments tomorrow, but uh, Michael and I still have a, a bunch of stuff yeah. to see. I, I 
I'm gonna wait in some lines. And but see the things, the something. things that I was looking forward to see, I have now seen. Mm -hmm. So, what about you, Doug? What's your favorite? Um, I'm gonna kind of mirror Trevor's a bit. Phantom Doctrine was was great. Um, nice, fun setting. But I, I like Battle Chasers too a lot as well. Um, and then I think it's probably beyond some Archangel of your, probably. Yeah, Archangel was pretty. <laughs> like, I, I gotta say, on rails, on mech rail. shooting is my favorite <laughs> game. I'm gonna go drop seven hundred dollars for an. Oxford I mean, I, I have I have in the archives. We never actually put up the video, but I have in the archives a, a pretty long video of you playing Steel Battalion on the oh, Connect after drinking Ooh. very heavily. And um, what? Why haven't I seen this? We never it's, used it. Because it's not funny. Like as I was doing it, it wasn't funny. It really, really didn't. It didn't turn out uh, hilarious. But uh, <laughs> I mean, there's, there's. Uh, maybe if I went back now, I could actually figure out how to edit it in a way that makes it funny. I should, I should research this and. I needed to, like with a I bunch of someone to play at him all the time. We went all out too. I had, I, I, we bought a lighting kit. We did like a legit ass. Uh, we, I, I brought this expensive camera. Uh, and to, to record it like we we really I think I didn't have anyone to play off of and so it was just me and Yeah, that's that's one problem is it's mostly just Doug trying to figure out how to work the connect <laughs> I, I'm only good at making zingers to other people's comments. Yeah, it doesn't it doesn't work otherwise. Wait, sorry You were gonna say one other was there something else? Yeah, um, what? I, I really like the the what is it? The fury Fate of the Furious. Fate of the Furious. No fates for the Furious. Oh, yeah. Uh, no, yeah. No, 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 no truce with the Furies is what the game's yeah. called. Yeah. Um, not a great title, but after playing it, kind of a fitting title. Yeah. Like yeah. It, It's a non sequitur, kind of like the rest of the game. Yeah, totally out. All right, can anyone tell me what that game is about? <laughs> Uh, it's no, about no. it's about a cop who wakes up with amnesia. You don't know if he's a cop. He wakes. He doesn't. Know I know. I don't even cop. know. If, I don't know if you're always a cop. That's right. true, actually. There were uh, four archetypes, right? You, yeah. We made you pick the madman, the crazy person. Oh, psychopath. that's right. I yeah. wonder how much that played into the dialogue too. I, don't know. I didn't really think about it because I had some pretty insane thoughts in that game. Yeah. Um, so maybe maybe that's a whole different story. Yeah. Before you do get the rest of. The Everybody's talk. Yeah, yeah, because I, I don't want to. I don't want to yeah. dive into it too much. So we can talk about that a little more. But what about you, Michael? What are your favorites? Uh, no truths for the Furies has to be the the best thing I've seen so far. That's pretty cool. I think that it's a, a toss up in different ways for me. I think I think No Truce is the game that I was most tickled by. Like mm -hmm. I, I I definitely got the biggest kick out of it. Um, but I th I think overall. If I'm thinking about what I'm looking forward to and what I what I'm hoping like turns out really good, so I can play it later, I kind of come back to Phantom Doctrine. Yeah, um, I, that game's got a lot of promise. Yeah, and, you still haven't seen it, have you, Michael? I haven't. No. Yeah, I I don't think it's your thing. Sure. So I'm so I don't know that I would that I would recommend it uh, that wholeheartedly. I, I I think that it seems like a good game, but it helps that I like tactics RPGs. Yeah. I think if you're someone who doesn't like tactics RPGs, there's probably nothing in here that's gonna like change your mind. You what know if what I mean? was a fan of the old Fallout's? I don't see a big I don't see a big connection mm, there. Not a whole lot of crossover. No, no not really. Uh, I, I never turn based. I never played Fallout mm, Tactics. Yeah, completely um, turn based. So I don't know how that one works. I mean, like, I don't know. Maybe you like the Cold War setting. That's the only. That's the only thing that I can see. Uh, you know, kind of working out for him. Yeah. Is, is I can see that. Back we did win the Cold War. Yeah. Yeah. Precisely. Um, and, and so that's a fond memory that you're going to want to relive again, yeah. again, and again. <laughs> now I can be a part. I forget when it, the game takes place in like '83, '83, yeah. 1983, mm -hmm. something like that. Yeah. Uh, it's it's a Polish developer, I want to say, yep. and. Um, 
you know, we, we, we've talked amongst ourselves just about Polish uh, games, and there's a ton of them at the at the show this year. And in fact, we skipped the Polish party uh, to bring you this podcast. So, which I'm still kind of mad about. I could eat some kielbasa. Yeah, I know that you. And Michael's the one who's the most hurt about it. Uh, but he kind of already got his way with a uh, sushi restaurant that only two of us wanted to go to. <laughs> oh, you fucking whiners! <laughs> I don't even know why I take you to these fancy conventions if you're just going to eat fucking McDonald's and Denny's. Okay, real talk. Would you have been fine if we went to like Cheesecake Factory, Doug? Cheesecake Factory, no. It's like right by the conve- it's right by the it's convention right center. My legs would have said yes. <laughs> My palate would have said, I mean, I could have eaten Cheesecake right. Factory. All right, let's say we went down the street, went to the Gordon Beers restaurant. We I could have been fine with. Is that. Is there a Gordon Beers there? There. Yeah. Oh, it was where? right across we from the it. last the, night. The I thought we saw it in the. Oh yeah, we saw it in the mall. You're yeah, right. Yeah. I kept thinking we saw it in the airport, but we didn't. Yeah. We saw it in the mall. Um. I, I'd probably go to Gordon Beers if you wanted. Oh, come on, guys. In Seattle? <laughs> it's not bad. It isn't for Seattle food. It's not bad. Well, yeah, I mean, that's true. There's there's a lot more Ivar's is pretty delicious. Ivar's is, Ivar's is always good. Right. Ivar's is delicious. Ivar's yeah. always is good. We went to Shiro's tonight. It was pretty fine. I don't even yeah, know what we'll do tomorrow, but I have all faith and confidence that it will yeah. be it will be good food. By the way, people of PAX, if you're listening to this, if you haven't been to Vaughn's Thousand Spirits, oh my get over God. there, get oh, some yeah. sourdough pasta. That was pretty good. Yeah. Good, yeah. good God. How was that mac and cheese? It was good. It was great yeah. mac and cheese. It was all right. I had a burger, and it was outstanding. I've I mean, never even a seen a standard burger. It oh, was delicious. Burger, their burgers no. were good. Yeah. You had a hamburger. <laughs> a hamburger, that's right. <laughs> a sundry hamburger. I've yeah. never even deviated from the pasta there. Yeah. I don't even dare to do it, but I'm sure it's great. It was, like, yeah. I'm, I'm it sure was it's good, good stuff. Mm-hmm. So Phantom Doctrine, uh, obviously, like we said, kind of an XCOM-like yeah. uh, title set in the Cold War. I think what's charming about it is a lot of the extra stuff. In exactly. fact, I don't even know if I really fell in love with the game until we got into the strategy section where yep. he's showing you all the things you can do with like enemy agents. And so like, if I was going to sell someone on this game, I think the hook I'd give them is what they told us about uh, agents who fall in combat. If you have a soldier die in combat, there, there's a chance that they die, mm-hmm. but there's also a chance that they survive and they just wind up being kidnapped by the enemy. And if that happens, uh, most of the time they will find their way back to you. And you have now this dilemma of like, do you let them back in your army? Like maybe they were a soldier that you were very fond of, so you want to have them back. Simultaneously, though, it's very likely that they're a sleeper agent or or something like that. Mm. Yeah, the way that he was describing it, it was that they could come back as either a sleeper agent or they could be just fine. Yeah, they could be totally normal. They could be totally normal, but it's part of the game to try to figure that out. Or wait and see what happens if they turn on you. Yeah, Um, and and maybe just just plan on it. And the thing is, is like... The missions that we played, you only had like three guys yeah. on your team. So if one of them turned out to be a mole or a sleeper agent, you could be like really fucked. Yeah. By well, I was asking him how many. Uh, I was asking one of the the guys that was uh, showing me the game how many. He said there's over 150 agents. Oh wow! In the game, I mean that's amazing amount of agents, and they're all from a different collective, you know, different countries and stuff. It's not just America versus Russia. Um, they, uh, you know, if you look at the agent list, they're from all sorts of different countries. It's some sort of like, he, you know, his English was, was spotty, so he couldn't really describe it exactly. But from what I could gather, it was a, uh, uh, you're part of some sort of secret organization that's trying to like make sure that the Cold War doesn't explode. Mm-hmm. Like G.I. Joe? 
I think kind they're, of. they're called yeah. the Cabal in the game. Oh, okay. You, oh, re- you really reacted to G.I. Joe. Did that, <laughs> did that tap in? This, <laughs> if, it's like, it's Cobra. If we could get a G.I. <laughs> Joe Cobra. tactics RPG, would that that'd please you? That would actually be pretty cool. And then it's probably wouldn't probably not bad. I will say, like I said, or like you said, cloak or um, tactics RPGs aren't really my thing. But the cloak and dagger aspect sounds like it's probably pretty cool. It, there's there, that's where a majority of the game's charm kind of kicks in. Um, so if that's something that you're interested in, I I, th- I think that it's probably worth exploring. I I bet it's something that you dig. Um, but again, like I I didn't. What uh, do you guys think it'll go for price wise? He wouldn't tell me. Yeah, he didn't tell me either. Um. It seems to have the clout to be like above twenty. I think forty's pushing it. Yeah, I think so. I was going to say thirty bucks. I, how, I'd how be about, happy with. 30. How about how about thirty four? Thirty thirty four ninety nine. Does that seem reasonable? I'd, I'd pay it. You'd yeah. go. You'd go that's, that high. Yeah. That's definitely the price where I start getting a little dodgy with my indie title, or not what indie ab- necessarily, but you know. What about a resident moil? What are you going to pay for it? Thirty-three dollars and fifty-seven cents. Not a penny more. <laughs> not, a, not, a, not a shekel more. <laughs> that's not far from Jared's hypothetical asking price. That's, that's like pretty high praise from Doug. Yeah, no, I mean, it, it, he didn't even try to like offer you some chickens in exchange. Well, the thing is, it has to be that exact price, or I won't buy it. And so right. I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be a tiny bit of a broken record here because uh, I've already like said this to Trevor at least twice. But I feel like with the Polish games. They, they get subsidies from the government, so they have a lot of money that they're able to put into these games. And I feel like they it really shows when it comes to art, when it comes to PAX presentations. Phantom Doctrine's booth is insane. They've surrounded yeah. it with a chain yeah. link fence. They have a gigantic concrete-looking structure in it. Like, it's, it's nuts. Yeah. Um, but then, like, when I play the game, and I'm not saying this happened in Phantom Doctrine, but when I play their games a lot of the times, it's like... Hello, we are make for good time, and we do the thing. Like they just welcome to the doctrine of the phantom. It, it's like tutorial they, it, game experience. It's play. like they blow their whole budget on uh, art and stuff, and then they just completely forget about localization and translation. And we went to Tiny Build today, and it was never more emblematic of this than this game I played called Graveyard Keeper. And the very first screen, I don't know if you noticed this because you were talking to uh, our PR rep, but the very first screen, they spelled graveyard wrong. Really? Yep. They spelled it graveyard, G-R-E-A-V. Well, how do you know that wasn't intentional? <laughs> the graveyard? I'm pretty sure it's not. You, uh, when you, you know, graveyard, you go there to grieve. You go there yeah. to grieve. Ooh, that's true. Well, maybe. Also, so, it's a yard. I really feel like the graveyard would be next to the graveyard. So right. you, go and you, you go and you have your burial, and then you go next door to grieve in the yard. Maybe they put a slide in there so you well, get two, over it two quicker. Two places? That's wasteful. Yeah, I guess so. Um, I, was, I was telling Trevor, it's kind of like the old Double Dragon 3 where... On the very first screen, instead of Jimmy and Billy, they wrote Jimmy and Bimmy. <laughs> like, like the very first fucking line of text in the game. The thing that everybody should have seen a billion times yeah. and no one noticed. Uh, and I almost pointed it out to her, but I'm just going to let Tiny Build find that one on their own. I'm sure they were listening. Yeah, uh, oh yeah, for sure. Uh, but <laughs> hi, Alex. Hi, Alex. Good to, <laughs> glad you're listening. Uh, love your G2A drama. Uh, so send some more out there onto the internet for us. And we'll sell them. Just kidding. Um, he was there when we got to the booth, and he left the second he saw both of us. He's like, oh, God. It's you. I got I to get out of here. I have to go to the graveyards. <laughs> <laughs> nah, I, I met Alex at E3, and I, I don't think there's a busier person in the games industry. Like, holy he, he, shit. I mean, he 
As far as I can tell, he writes all the press releases. Yeah. Or at the very least, signs them. Yeah, no, no, I think I think he still does a lot of the press himself. Yeah, he and seems to be kind of like a one-man machine. He, he writes all their blog posts, and like his tiny build gets bigger and bigger and bigger. His role just doesn't really seem to get diminished at all. And uh, he's, he's that, that dude is just... I can understand why he wouldn't want to talk to a couple assholes like yeah, this. Yeah, I would have gotten the fuck out of there the second we walked into. I would have been like, ugh, press, yeah. barf. After what, sure. we, after what we said about the final station. Um, <laughs> speaking of... Uh, actually, I'm trying to remember how kind we were to the final station. Yeah, I, think it, I think it was a three. Yeah, yeah. it was a three. Um, I met... I, I haven't talked to any of you guys about this, but I met the guy who did Tower of Guns, which is a game Lucio played. And um, Oh, you came with me yeah. to, to Mother Gunship. And uh, I actually, I really dug it. I thought it, I thought it was pretty cool. You, you actually played it a little bit. Yeah, no, I did, and I did, made a, a funny little gun. Isn't that, isn't that like pretty much the the hilarious part of that game is just the the weapon creation system. That, that's where all the fun comes from. So like, the game warns you if you put a. So basically, you have like a three D model of a gun, and you can basically completely part it out. So you can rip off all the parts and replace them with other parts. And that includes like barrels, and the barrels determine what it shoots. So if you put a shotgun barrel on it, it shoots shotgun shells. If you put a laser barrel on it, it shoots a laser cannon. Um, and the thing is, is like, if you put a barrel on and it's not facing forward, the game warns you that the barrel's not facing forward. But that's it. So if you you can shoot yourself. I, I don't think that any of the guns I had would allow me to ma- let it face backwards, uh-huh. uh, but they would let them face off to the sides. Oh, and okay, okay. I made a gun at one point that shot fire out both the sides and a shotgun right down the center. Um, and it was the most impractical weapon ever, and I, I switched out of it pretty quickly. Um, but, but God, it was funny. <laughs> like, and it's, it's this weird game where it looks really straight-faced, but then it lets you do like goofy-ass shit like that. Um, and, and I always ask, uh, when, when I see a game like that, I always like to ask devs if like someone at the show has showed up and, and like broken it in a way that they didn't expect. And he was telling us about a guy who like got flamethrowers on his gun and he added, there, there's like different modifiers for ammo types and he added like a rubber. Uh, it was bouncy. Yeah, it was a bouncy. Yeah. And so he made like bouncy fire mm. that I guess caused all kinds of problems and uh, actually wound up, I think he said it actually wound up being rather effective. It was. It would annihilate effective. anything that was close. Like you had to be close for it to work, but if you, you know, got a shot off, you didn't have to be that close. To yeah. Them. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but it's, it's a fun game. I had, I had a really good time with it. Um, and it, Tower of Guns was designed in such a way where... He wanted it to be a game that you can beat in 30 minutes. Like, if you're good, if you're really good at it, you can beat it in 30 minutes. But it has a lot of roguelike elements, so it's more likely that you'll just die, and that'll be it. And this game's kind of the same deal, where he has a mission structure for it now, but the missions are, like, 20 minutes tops. Like, it's a game that you're meant to be able to just pick up and play, you know, on the go, and and then be done with it. So, kind of interesting. I don't know. What else have you guys seen? What are you... It doesn't have to be a game. You can tell me about a weird thing you saw. I don't care. I didn't see anything weird at PAX. <laughs> it's all above board and normal. Everyone at PAX was super normal. Just gentlemen in suits, drinking martinis, and doing business deals. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Everybody's been super, super normal. Had a delicious BMT from Subway. <laughs> eat fresh. Eat fresh. <laughs> yeah, you gotta eat fresh. If you're not eating fresh, why even come? Well, you know, from... Uh... From the game's perspective, Runer was a big surprise. Uh, I went with Michael, and we took a look yeah. at that one. Runer is actually pretty cool. Yeah. See, this is so. We've, I've already said this, but like, 
I don't believe you. <laughs> I, I, at, I mean, fair enough. It's a twin yeah, stick shooter, which is. are always terrible. But I, this I'm one, looking at YouTube video of this game, and I'm like, mm, I don't it, see it. It plays well. Yeah, when you, it's it's definitely something you have to experience. Because again, like I do not like twin stick shooters at all. But you get your hands on it, and I mean, I don't know. I did great. Like I played yeah, it really yeah. well, mm-hmm. and I've been back a couple of times today and seen other people play it, and they look retarded. But <laughs> yeah. No, yeah, you were. When I was playing it, like it, it felt really good. Like response, it was responsive and visceral and brutal. And like you're, you sometimes you have a melee weapon. You're, you know, beating people to death with a baseball bat. But sometimes you have uh, like firearms. Some of them light people on fire. Some of it explodes. It's pretty cool. And then it's also got like a very hardcore, like William Gibson cyberpunk aesthetic. Uh, And actually, some pretty well done CG cutscenes and whatnot. It's like a pretty tight package. Mm-hmm. Also from Poland, I believe. Yeah. Is it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Oh, shit. You know what's funny is we've seen all these Polish games and we haven't even been to the Poland booth yet. Mm-hmm. At least I don't think we have. Uh, yeah, so. just in passing. Uh, and actually, so not only is there the Polish booth where all the where all the devs are, there's also 11-Bit who has like four games here now mm-hmm. and those are all Polish as well. Yeah. Uh, it's just their, their indie scene has just exploded. They're uh, good. I mean, I mean, they are. Like I said, they, they, they have like these big cash infusions, and they definitely present a pretty tight package. I mean, I would don't know if I'd say all of them are good, but right, like they, I, they, they I mean, for indie well. games, for indie games, they have you know, it, it, you know, it's it's one of those things where it's like you're not getting that kind of polish until you're looking at more AAA titles, right? Right. No, they have they they definitely have the level of polish that I think maybe holds back some other indie developers yeah. from going from good to great, right? Well, we've we've talked about this before a little bit, where like you take a game like The Witcher Three, and I don't think that game could exist the way it does if it hadn't been developed in Poland. Right, I, I think so. I think that they've absolutely had to take some handouts from the government, um, and, and that that's where they were able to get a lot of time. I, I don't know if the game went into crunch like like American games do, mm-hmm. uh, but but it almost certainly had way more time in the oven for polish than than you would normally expect for an RPG of that caliber. Mm-hmm. Like look at Witcher 3 and then look at like Skyrim even. Sure, or I, mean, I was Skyrim I, came full of bu- I actually I didn't play The Witcher. I was going to say Dragon Age, but uh, Oh yeah. Well, yeah. Probably, that's a whole different Probably both good examples. Or Mass Effect Andromeda. Or Mass Effect Andromeda. Did you beat it? We or were just talking about, we were just talking about oh. it. See, uh, see, that's that's big for Doug to not beat again. Yeah, to not to not be able to find the value in his purchase. In my mind, I'm not the base at finishing games, but I always would finish the other Mass Effects because I really like the series and way to shit the bed there. <laughs> Just couldn't couldn't make it work, huh? Well, I mean, for what's worth, it's a choice. It's a choice based game, which generally will get me to finish it, regardless of how bad it is, and I couldn't do it. You brought your Switch, Trevor. Yep. And I have two questions for you. One. Is this is this your first time traveling with it, or have you traveled with no, it before? Travel with it all the time. And do you like it? It, mm-hmm. it works really well as oh, far yeah, as definitely. as far as that goes. I want some more games? And yeah, that's so, why I'm so excited for Battle Chasers. So that's my that's my follow yeah. up here, which is um, you've you've seen some stuff at the show that you're looking to get your hands on for yeah. it. Um, so Battle Chasers. Is there anything else that's coming out on it, or not that I'm? Well, actually, no. Pokemon tournament. Uh, the Mario Odyssey, which oh. I still haven't seen, but I'm planning on going there tomorrow. It's, but it's you've re- seen it. It's really good. Yeah. I, so, I can tell you that. I mean, those things are definitely something I'm looking forward to. But Battle Chasers was great. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm really not a big, you know, I guess it's not exactly JRPG, right? 
right, Doug? I wouldn't necessarily. Yeah, I wouldn't say JRPG. It's definitely. I mean, some of the mechanics are lifted pretty straight. Yeah. Out of you know some pretty famous. Which, which game? Sorry, are you already Battle Chasers? Oh, Battle Chasers. Yeah. It looks like a JRPG. Yeah, yeah. I, I just don't know if that's exactly how you classify it, but it's a turn-based RPG game. And is it's, it? I was looking at it just briefly today, and it looked like it had a bit more of an action RPG element. Is that um? It's not that action. Just the good uh, the you, animations. Yeah, exactly. There, and that's um, what's so cool about it. The animations are amazing. That's mm. what I'm talking about when I say like you know normally when you play like a when you play like one of those JRPGs you know um, even the good ones when you cast a spell it's just like nothing really happens like you see like you know damage happen on one of the characters you see like the the minus points however whatever the health was taken away. This game there is a full on, you know, five second animation for just doing a basic attack, which right. is really cool. It's really impactful. Um, and a lot of depth to the game from what I could tell. So I don't remember if Michael was there when you were telling me this, but yeah. you were you were talking about how it's a continuation of a series. Did you yeah. did you hear oh, that? Oh I got a little bit of that, yeah. T- tell me about that again. Well, so the guy was saying and I I mean, we'll I'll I'll, I'll play the game. I've already bought it, um, on Amazon but or pre ordered it, but it's a so it, the guy who wrote the series was originally a comic book writer, and they made nine different comic books. It's a series. nine battle chaser, nine battle chaser comic books, and this is back in 1998. And so uh, it apparently left off on a cliffhanger. I'm not too I'm not too clear on why he stopped at that point, why he didn't finish it, but now he's finishing it but with a video game he left to go do video game design and now 14 years later or whatever no it's more than 14 years 18 years later 19 whatever years mm-hmm. later he decided to make a video game based on the final chapter of the series and so this is the 10th and final chapter of the series the the guy that was there he was a creative director right i think so yeah and he was saying that he that you didn't need to read them in order to understand this right that was the promise and that's what i'd say too right exactly (laughs) i'm not gonna gonna be like yeah welcome to my booth have you read my nine comics i published 20 years ago because if you didn't you're gonna be real confused you're actually gonna enjoy it more if you haven't read the comic yeah yeah we'll see i mean i'll let you guys know once i play it because i have like i said i have ordered it so i'm looking forward to playing it so you're not gonna read the comics beforehand i am not i'm not you're gonna you're gonna miss out yeah he's reading yeah i hate Oh, that's right. So, I forgot you hate reading. I'm going to play the game because the game looks amazing. And uh, I'll let you guys know if I'm confused at all with the storyline. We took Trevor to a comic shop and he talked a lot of shit. <laughs> he just couldn't help himself. Well, so did I. Yeah. Was... No, I think that's actually all any of us did. Yeah. Um, we ate all your favorite comics. Write, yeah. it, write into us and give us hate mail. Uh, although, Michael and I saw a comic today that I was really tickled by. <laughs> <laughs> Planet Bitch. No, it was it was up in the diversity lounge, and it was called uh, like what was it called? It was like Al Qaeda's secret weapon. It's like terrorists go gay, and it was yes. <laughs> oh, it was about like a, a very very flamboyantly gay ISIS member or something. Oh my gosh! And I almost bought it. I I came very close. Uh, to what charity would have gone to? I don't even care. I don't <laughs> think it goes to a charity. Yeah, I mean, everything in the diversity lounge goes to some sort of charity. Does yeah, it? Well, yeah, you, you would... I mean, like you know, the please pay my rent society. <laughs> I or... hope it, I hope it goes to like an LGBT alliance. Yeah, something something. I hope it goes to ISIS. I hope it goes to ISIS. <laughs> yeah, I'm fine with that. I want too. ISIS to get rich off of our nerves. Off of gay porn. Yeah, yeah. I want oh, them yeah. to turn diversity against us. Yeah, no doubt for sure. Uh, I may go back tomorrow and pick that up and mail it to Jay. I think he'd I think he'd really like it. 
Uh, what about you? I what think he would guys? super like it. For what? For games. Like, what was something else that you guys really enjoyed? Oh, well, Shadow of War. Uh, Shadow of War? Sure, let's talk, let's talk about that for a sec, actually. Because um, you played it, I played it, you watched He was, pointing, he was pointing at me, Michael, by the way. You watched. Oh, yeah, sorry. I'm, this is a new thing where I can't <laughs> normally point at people. Um, I, Michael, and he, Jared, played Shadow of War. But you, you didn't play I it. I did not play Shadow of War. That's, I did not. That is Doug, by the way. And, and Trevor, you, Trevor watched. You at home also didn't play it, unless you were at PAX and played it. Which is, I'm Trevor, sorry. Trevor watched. That'll become a recurring theme of the trip. Um, but, uh, no, it was... Uh, it, it, it plays a, a lot like Shadow of Mordor, as you'd, as you'd guess, but... Uh, the systems are just expanded through the yeah. fucking roof. And uh, I dropped in and I was like level 40 and had a bunch of skill trees to navigate. And um, the skill trees are really cool where they they force you to make choices. Uh, so each main skill that you buy has three modifiers attached to it. And you can only pick one of them. Uh, so the other two, you can't have them, basically. Well, you can so, have them, but you just can't have any one more than one active at any time, right? Sure, and that's, that's true. For, like, so you y- different units too, right? Or no, no, that, you're, you're, that's a whole sheets. other that's you a whole other thing. Perks, so. oh, okay, okay, yeah. So you'll convert guys to your side, and then they have perks too, right? Uh, so you're you're not only managing Talion skills this time, you're managing like your army's skills as, yeah. as well, and making modifiers there. And I I actually I started a, a siege uh, in the game I was playing. And I got all excited and kind of skipped ahead and didn't assign any skills to my guys. And uh, the guy from Monolith was like, "You should start over." Like he wouldn't even le- <laughs> he wouldn't even let me keep going. He's like, "You need to just start over." Yeah. And and I started over and I added a bunch of skills and I wiped. So I'm sure it would have gone even worse. I don't know if that's just because I haven't played the game for a long time and I've you kind also of jumped. I don't know if you're supposed to do them in order, but there was like the the A lo- there was like A through D of locations to go through. You went to something else. A was flashing, and you went somewhere else. And yeah, so you were kind of surrounded when you uh, were. That's, that's kind of the thing about the the Xbox demo or the Microsoft demos is they seem to think you're going to go into this with a very ordered, organized mind. Yeah, and you're just like, ah, oh, fuck, I'm, I'm gonna go see what's over there. <laughs> yeah, I just I just walked into like, well, and actually, when I started the demo, you have to walk into the to pick the mission that you want to do, which isn't how the game works. It's just how the demo set up. And I forgot what the run button was in Shadow of Mordor, and so I just like basically like agonizingly walked to the closest <laughs> thing I could and, and right. tapped A to get into it, and I didn't even care what it was. I was like, yeah, whatever this is, that's what I want. Um, so it was, but yeah, I, I, I got absolutely destroyed, but... It still looked good, though. Seeing the systems gives yeah. me so much confidence in that game, yeah. because it's basically everything the first one was, except more and and that's how you that's how you make a fucking sequel like it's not that hard um so even the connections at the end after you lost there was all those connections oh yeah the the nemesis system like sits there being like this guy got promoted this guy killed that guy this guy like a bunch of shit goes on it's crazy um and actually i really liked in the siege preparation you can actually see if you've discovered some of the war chiefs who are in the 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 place you're sieging you can actually look them up and see what their weaknesses are, and then you can stack your army so that they're going to go up mm-hmm. against that weakness. And yeah. I didn't have an army that really fit a lot of what I needed, but I had a couple that, that worked out well. Yeah. Um, I still wiped. I still got my fucking ass kicked. Yeah. But, uh, but It was it, hard. It was, it was pretty tough. Uh, there's... Well, like you said, it was very odd that they dropped us in at level 40. 
I, I think they want to show they want to show the, some advanced. They don't. Stuff. They don't want to drop you in when Italian has like no skills because right. then you're going to go write about how oh it's it's so reductionist. Yeah, and, uh, and there's nothing to do. Yeah, yeah. yeah. When I very first, because Shadow of Mordor is actually one of the first like AAA games that I remember demoing at one of these shows, and um, I remember the guy was so cagey with like what stuff he'd tell me, and I wanted to know like how many of these abilities do I have like right when I start the game, and he's like I can't tell you any of that, like he wouldn't he wouldn't talk about that stuff at all. Um, but I, I laughed at the uh, I, I laughed at the uh, monolith guy who was helping us because he he turned to me at one point and like saw what I was what was going on. And he's like, "Boy, you're fucked." <laughs> like, <laughs> just didn't, you lost? Yeah, just just had that was that was all he had to say. Yeah, just, yeah well, you you're fucked. You're screwed. Out of, out of luck there, huh? What else have you guys demoed that, that you dug? Well, I mean, I wouldn't say that it was a top a top contender or anything, but for, as far as triple, you know, since we're on AAA titles, I did play uh, Assassin's Creed Origins, um, and I was just tossed into a, a world, a sandbox. You know, I think I was tossed in kind of similar skill level that you guys were on Shadow of Mordor. I was, I think I was level twenty or something like that. I had a bunch of skills. I d- couldn't even figure out how to, you know, use my sword. Until a couple, until I just started smashing buttons, but um, was able to pick a mission. The the graphics looked great. The world looked great. Everybody was, you know, all the NPCs were really responsive. They had they had like faces, right? They did. The faces were intact. Ah, uh, that's that's top yeah, tier. That's, top tier for Assassin's that's Creed. That's good shit. Yeah. Definitely worth eight hundred dollars. Yeah. Um, and, and funny enough, on the subject of Ubisoft, we were talking about uh, in, in the press hour. I was we were talking about maybe seeing Far Cry, and I was like, ah, it's coming out soon. So let's not bother. And then I looked it up, and it doesn't come out until February. Yeah. So we fucked up and should have probably seen Far Cry. I'm going to try to see it tomorrow. I, I think that'd be yeah. that'd be cool. It looks like the line is reasonable. You probably get it. Yeah, actually, it doesn't. It doesn't look like it, it looks look like it goes crazy. pretty quick. It's not like the Monster Hunter line. It looks like it goes pretty quick. Yeah. And actually, I played it at uh, E3, Far Cry Four, and it it had a line that cycled pretty quickly. So I think I think Ubisoft has a good sense of how to demo a game, uh, and and isn't a isn't a big you yeah. know isn't a big issue. Um, should, uh, I have an idea for something to talk about, but before we do, I, I do want to mention um, one other game that you are not going to like at all, but that can be used for your Switch, which is uh, Battle Chef Brigade, which is mm. the Adult Swim title that we saw. Yeah. Uh, and it, it, it's, not, it's not your style, I can already tell. And when you say you, you mean Trevor. I mean Trevor, yes. Yeah. Uh, again, with the you pointing. Mean you people. I mean you, you people. I mean you, the audience. You mean you people. You, the audience. Yeah, yeah go beer up. Go beer up. This is your chance, uh, because... <laughs> Because uh, we we're talking, and actually, I was gonna say, yeah, if you want to bring a whole collection of them over here, yeah. uh, that probably wouldn't be a bad idea. Mm. We can have Papa Michael open them, um, but I don't know if Doug's gonna have a lot of patience for this one either. But it's yeah. it's a, it's, a, it's such a weird game. I'm actually surprised you even responded to it positively. It's kind of it's kind of mine. It's really a game for me and no one else. <laughs> You know, it reminds me of a manga that I read a long time ago about a world where people have to eat new things to get power. I don't remember, but I don't know. It kind of strikes the same chord where it's just, it's weird enough that it's like pretty, pretty entertaining. It's definitely the deepest game I think I've ever seen Adult Swim make. Um, it's strange. So it's it's a mishmash of genres, um, but the, the format of the game is it plays out like Iron Chef. 
where you're uh, challenging another chef basically to like a cook-off and there's even like it, it even emulates Iron Chef so much that there's like a mystery ingredient you know he's like today's mystery ingredient is such and such corn it, uh, <laughs> I haven't seen corn yet but Salt. Um, there, so the idea is you, you go and you harvest the ingredients now you're getting one okay hey, you whether you like it or not. I, you know what? This calls for a cheers. Let's cheers. Yep. cheers to Paxes. To, to, to Paxes. Yigshimanaya. Hey, oi. Yigshimish. Sorry. Yevgeny. Mm. So, the first thing you have to do is you have to get ingredients. And to do that, you like run outside and it plays like Smash Brothers, kind of. Like the control scheme is very similar to Smash Brothers, where you're holding in directions and using the attack button. As you karate chop animals, yes, yeah, so you, you basically go out and karate chop. It's funny when I was when I was doing the write up on the game, I wrote um, I wrote that you punch and kick animals to get their sweet sweet innards, and I kind of felt like that was like harsh language, so I went back and changed animals to monsters. But really, for the most part, they're peaceful animals and yeah, don't yeah. seem to be messing with you in any way whatsoever. It's like, it's like a peaceful cow monster, and you like karate kick it in half and if, take the steak out of its still beating corpse. If you're a vegan, this isn't going to be your game. Uh. And actually, like so. The secret ingredient in the one that I played was cow, this this like uh, cow with a big horn. Who he's actually one who can damage you. He'll charge you. Um, but I went and punched the shit out of the cow, and he exploded into a stake. And then this bird came by and grabbed the stake and started flying away. And so I had to beat the shit out of the bird too to get my stake back. And then the bird became you know poultry. Mm-hmm. That's how. Farming works. Yeah, no, that's how the farmer goes out there and he fist, has fisticuffs <laughs> with his animals and just, just pummels them into submission until they're delicious. That's how old Grandpa Turner taught me. I like it because, one, like I said, I think it's like one of the deeper games I've seen from Adult Swim who, truth be told, doesn't make really deep or thoughtful games most of the time. Uh... But two, I think it's like kind of one of the most interesting ones. It's original, whereas they generally do very derivative stuff. I've never, I've never seen a game like this. So the right. second part of this, and this is where if we they're lose, stealing it from someone, I don't is, know who. This is where we lose Trevor. The second part of this is after you've beaten up the animals and you've taken their sweet, sweet ingredients back to your pot, you drop them into the pot, and the game turns into a match three title where you're actually arranging uh, the tiles and the ingredients in the pot. You can't see this, but Trevor's gone into a coma. He doesn't look happy. He doesn't look happy. I'm looking at him, and he doesn't... Yeah, it doesn't sound anything I'm interested in. Now I can finally see the fit, the look yeah. on his face he had when we talked about Puyo Puyo Tetris. <laughs> Just kill him inside. Uh, you, you, can, you can actually... It's weird. I've never been able to see you guys die on the inside when we talk about a game you don't give a fuck about. <laughs> Man, um, I'm trying my best to make my interested face for all of this. While we have a second, let's run... What's a game you don't give a fuck about michael what do you never want to hear about again wait in general or yeah just in general just period just life while I, while i've got you guys here life is strange you never want to hear about life is strange again all right doug go for it i i could go without ever hearing about telltale games again yeah that, there's nothing interesting to say about telltale <sighs> yeah, anymore anymore the good news is, is hopefully we're all done playing them and I, I don't think anybody here's bought one uh they're making a new the wolf among us that's probably gonna trick me out of some money ah shit <laughs> wait until it's good what about you, Trevor? You're the you're the least fatigued out of all of us. Yeah, and I, you know, I I don't. Yeah, that's probably a good way to say it. I'm the least fatigued. I I mean, puzzle games in general, I just don't care. Oh, here it is. Yeah, here it I is. Mean, it's just that's you something I really baby. don't care. I don't care. Only an asshole would play those games. <laughs> a retarded one. 
Uh, I know we only talked about it for one week, but I'm already ready to never hear about Splatoon 2 again. Yeah. I've, I know everything I need to know about it. There's well, squids, there's kids, there's pedophiles. The thing about Splatoon balls. 2 is, couldn't someone just find a way to play the game that's better than every other way, and then the game is terrible? What? <laughs> Maybe. I'm like not it, sure I understood a single word of that. That's a complex question. Isn't there, isn't there a way to play Splatoon that's better than every other way to play Splatoon, and therefore the meta makes the game terrible? I could I, do it for every game, I guess. So like. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. See. Oh, what, now a, what a weird, what a weird point you have what there. A weird point. Could Splatoon two create a player so good? <laughs> Splatoon 2 can't beat it. <laughs> Doug gets it. I think I see what you're saying. So you're what you're saying is that the universe can actually fold in on itself and uh, and we're all right. we're all one big uh, only you know, if one player finds a way to play the game that's better than the singularity. There's only one race. Man, man. Uh, well, and dolphin man. <laughs> and women. <laughs> Those are the three. <laughs> That's them. That's all. And only one of them are worth a damn. <laughs> the dolphin. The dolphin. That's, that's yeah. a, we all knew that. It's the fucking dolphins, man. Mm. What about you, Doug? Yeah, you've been you've been awful quiet. What's yeah. you're, you've had the Isn't most different packs horrible. You've had the most different yeah. packs experience. You've been kind of left on your own for some of this. That's right. I've so, just so done so a lot pack, of walking. So, <laughs> so Doug doesn't have a media badge, which means he's like regular. I, it, it means yeah. you're like a poor person, even though you spent the most money to be here. <laughs> I'm the man on the street. Yeah. The the nerd whisperer. He's the kids on the beat. Kids on the street. Be kids. Be kids, kids in the hole. Um, so yeah, I, I haven't really seen a lot or, or played too much. I, I've you know tagged along with a couple of your uh, your uh, appointments. Um, what, what what do you hope to see in, in your dreams? In my dreams, I'd like to see Monster Hunter, but I know that's yeah. probably I, not I think happen. if you go with Trevor, wow, and man, I mean, he's, 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 he's... We rush. We I'm are. Like, yeah, I think you guys yeah. are just going to need to run for it tomorrow, and Michael and I will take our time and eat biscuits. <laughs> yeah. Oh, we're going to enjoy those, too. Um, um, I did... I, there was a couple games. One was uh, our Mellow. Which was already out. So. Oh yeah, oh, that I actually there? I, yeah. I, years, I met it? them at E3. Um, it might yeah. still be an early access. And I and I have a copy of it. So if you ever get a copy of it, did, tell me and we'll play it. Like it's actually not a bad game. Did we did we have the Armello right. guys on a podcast or something? We didn't, but I bet they would. If that they game's asked. at e, that game's out there. On the yeah, Pax it's floor. it's. Uh, I think it's on the sixth floor. Oh okay. Oh okay. It's in the general vicinity of Phantom, Phantom Doctor. Yeah yeah. Mm-hmm. I'd actually I should go say hi to them because they might even remember me. Like I I. Is that game still in early access? I don't think I, it is anymore. I, I asked him. I think he said it's out. Like oh, you can okay. just buy. The I, I think release, it is. I think it's out okay. out. It, maybe it's in early access. He didn't say anything about early access. You know, but. if we have, I I don't think we will. But if we wind up having a, a lot of time to kill. Uh, there's a game on the floor called Death Squared, and it was there last year, and it's out, and it's nothing special. It's it's not it's not worth like going and covering, but if the four of us went and just played it, I think we'd have a really fun time. Yeah, it, it's actually a pretty amusing game. So if we're just bored and want to shoot the shit, mm-hmm. uh, we we should we should wander over there and and play around because it's actually a pretty funny game. I'd and show our press passes and be like, get these people off this fucking game. Yeah, yeah, go up there and demand that they let us uh, let us on. Uh, I did play one other game today. That Jared might like a mobile game. Oh, oh! I'm already intrigued. At Capcom, Puzzle Fighter. W- wait, for real? Yeah, for real. Uh, on the it phone? Was, yeah, on the. It was on a tablet. Is but, it out yeah. now? 
I would assume it was. Looks like he's buying it. Yeah, but hold, hold on. But hold. It, it was Puzzle Fighter that I Puzzle remember Fighter. from high school. What do you do? I it's a fucking match three. love Puzzle it's Fighter. No, it's not really. It's it's not really a match three, is it? It's like a Columns game. Isn't you it? can't see it, but Trevor just fell asleep. Yeah, <laughs> it is like a Columns game. Ice glazed. You obviously want to match the similar colors, but they the, it, it, the blocks it's more, don't it's go more about away chaining though. It's it's about you, setting like, up blocks block. so that. It's actually a lot like Puyo Puyo. Nah, it's not out yet. But also, you are just kind of, you're trying to basically, like if you, if you were really lucky and you got all reds and you had a huge block of reds and then you got the flashing red one, once you hit that, you would clear your board and then you would drop a whole bunch of blocks on the other person's oh, board. Oh, okay. Was, yeah. was Dan a playable character? Uh, he he no, is playable. He's normally playable and he drops only red gems. Uh, so everybody else has patterns, like the characters have different patterns that you use. Not to get into a puzzle fighter discussion here, but uh, Donovan is actually one of the better characters because he has a really weird pattern that he drops. Um, but Dan is, uh, much like in Street Fighter, he's basically like a handicap, and so all he drops is one color, and if your opponent gets a red and breaks all the gems that he drops, you are fucked. Mm -hmm. Like, you're in a lot of trouble. So playing Dan is kind of like in Street Fighter. Like, when you play Dan, it's because you want to show off how good you are and how you don't need a good character to win. Like, you, you're so good at Street Fighter that you don't need an S-tier character. You can use an F-tier character. Right. Yeah, he done, number one. And still clear it. Dan Dan's hilarious. I, I think he's a. I think he's a funny. He's the only thing I like about Street Fighter. He's a funny concept. Um, what about you, Michael? Is there anything that you're looking forward to, or have you seen everything that you had hoped you would so far? Um, I don't know. I think this year is a little underwhelming, uh, as we discussed. Maybe not so much as last year, but it's. There's not a whole lot that I'm terribly excited to see. I don't that even... said... Oh, go ahead. What, uh, when we went to see the Humble Bundle package today, that's kind of why I like going to this event, is because I find things that I had no idea existed. For example, um, keyboard sports? Or you, keyboard warrior, right? You guys... No, keyboard warrior is the, what I keep calling it. Oh, okay. But it's keyboard sports? Yes. Keyboard so sports. we were walking to the elevator when we finished that meeting, and, and Doug said something like, well, that was good. And I just assumed he was being sarcastic, <laughs> and and it sounded like you actually really meant it. Like you really, you really actually did like it. No, it was fun. Yeah, this is, it's actually it's very cute in a way that uh, I wouldn't normally think I'd enjoy. But you have a you have your keyboard, and it's it's not a typing game. It's more of like you use a keyboard to just kind of direct like where your character your, moves. Your to. keyboard is literally the entire controller, like, right? It substitutes as your as your D-pad and your your action buttons basically, mm -hmm. but they they have just a bunch of scenarios mm -hmm. like very unique scenarios like you'll be you'll be on top of a plane one time and you the the size of your keyboards will be the wings and you'll move your character from left to right and try to steer the plane to keep it from hitting into mountains mm -hmm. and then you'll jump off the plane you'll be on skis and you'll be going down a mountain and you need to duck under trees and you know avoid obstacles or you're asked to clean a trophy room and you just go in there and knock all the shit over yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's just got a, it's a very like colorful pleasing aesthetic and it looks like it actually be probably a lot of fun to, uh, huh. just, What's the release date on that? Did you guys find out? Um, later than now, <laughs> but not before prior. But All it's right. not. It's not. It's not like out now, right? I don't no. think so. See, and, and 
Uh, this is one where you had kind of said, um, and to, to, to kind of reinforce your point, like it's something that would have totally flown under our radar that we wouldn't have thought about at all. Mm-hmm. And we actually went to Humble Bundle, and he's like, what games do you want to see? And we listed like three. And none of them and were, none of them and were then, that one. And then he was like, well, what about keyboard sports? I got the dev right here. And there's like this guy sitting on the floor in the <laughs> corner. And uh, and it actually turned out to be one of our favorites yeah. like of the show. Like That's actually really cool. Yeah, it's actually um, that... I'll, I'll get it when it comes out. Hopefully they give us some keys, but uh, yeah. I'll, I'll get it in waves. Doug, you'd agree. Like, it was pretty No, yeah, pretty it was fun. Right? It's a fun little game. It says release date's 2018, so... Ah, never mind. I give up. So it's far it, it, It's far out there. Uh, yeah, it's just 2018. We don't have anything else. This website keeps coming up, this Igan, and uh, they've covered it, it looks Iggin. like. Yeah, what? Igan. Yeah, there's a lot of Igan guys there. I don't know who they're where they're from. Uh, yeah. So we saw. I mean, let's let's talk about that. We saw. Um, I always find it funny because I see people who like. I'm like, that's a famous person. But if I went and told like my sister or my mom or right. basically anybody else that I saw them, they'd be like, who? Who? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so we saw Markiplier. Yep. And if, if you told these people how they behaved, you, they'd be even less impressed. Markiplier's nice. like, well, and, and it's funny, Markiplier seems totally fine and like pretty mellow. He was playing a guitar today, which yeah. was a bit much. Yeah. Um, but for the most part, he's been he's been pretty chill. But he well, has I mean, like... He just kind of hangs out in the in like the media room. <laughs> and he's got like a posse. With a posse, yeah. He, he's got like a posse that follows him around and they're all very they're, loud and obnoxious. They're obnoxious, yes. He's pretty chill. Yeah, for um, sure. But uh, but yeah, and who who else have we seen? Uh, some of the IGN PC crew. gamer PC gamer PC gamer was fucking annoying. Was it yeah. Naomi Kyle who you yes, saw from I saw IGN? Naomi Kyle, that's her name. Yeah, and uh, then there's the other guy. I don't know. Oh, I don't know his, don't name, know his name, but I've seen him a whole bunch. Yeah, he's all he's he, in a lot of the videos. He's sit, he, well, and he's sitting in the media room just yeah. all the time, just doing nothing. Exactly. Oh, I uh, think I saw that guy. <laughs> yeah, you probably did. He looks uh, like a real class act. Yes. And it's funny, and then and then after that we see like the guy writing for like the Seattle uh, Washington State University College right. Times, you know? Yeah. Like it's just was such that a weird... the guy sitting across from us who was afraid to talk to us? Yes, but then he started oh. talking to us after you left. Yeah, after you left. He I, was I actually him, you you intimidated him. Once yeah. he, once you left, he, he felt totally comfortable talking suit. to us. Oh, well. But I he was like he it. was like I don't want to talk while this while this uh yeah. this, this riff, important businessman is here. This yeah. riffraff is here. Yeah, once once he was there with me and Trevor, the casual approachable oh, fellas, he just he, came off the hinges. He he came out of his shell and then some oh, other guy nice. showed up and he 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 liked to party. He wanted to talk to us about all the parties. He liked he wanted to talk to us about all the parties than he went to <laughs> and obviously I mean you know who are we to talk shit because we're not at a party right now right. Yeah. we and, could have gone to a and I'm sure, party right. I'm sure having, he's we could be having fucking pierogies guys oh, dude, we're I'm, I'm sure about. that I'm sure that guy's out there like just puss deep in yeah. the in the finest of Pax trim you know and, and we're sitting here four guys in an 80 degree Airbnb <laughs> sweating it out recording a fucking podcast that's how much we love you the listener by the way that's right yeah Jared turned down a date with Jade Raymond. For I this. did, yeah. She came over and she was she was really desperate. She was like, "Hey, date, you know, take me out, please. I'll eat anything. I even go to Taco Bell." And I was just like, "No, I gotta go record a podcast." I'll take you someplace worse than Taco Bell. Actually, funny enough, have you guys seen a Taco Bell since we got here? Yeah, there's yeah. one down the street. Yeah, is there K- one? The KFC. Yeah, KFC there's a KFC. Oh, is it KFC Taco Bell yeah, Humble? Yeah. Oh, I was okay. gonna say we should stop there, but it's too late now. Uh, Let's wait until tomorrow after we've yeah, used yeah. the rest of our uh, sure. after we've used the rest of our goods. Get a yeah, quesarito big box. 
We could, we acquired it's goods, been, good goods and services. Um, hey, one yo. other game that I forgot to mention was uh, Dauntless. So uh, you know, yeah. Michael played with me. So so as, as, a, as a pre-qualifier, I do not like Monster Hunter. So take have you have you play. played Monster Hunter? Uh, for like 15 minutes until I decided oh, I hated okay. it. That's enough. Dude, that's not enough. That's I mean, enough. it was enough for me to decide it was. A game. Did you not appreciate no. how? Did you not appreciate how much it's like Dark Souls? <laughs> I mean, I haven't played a Dark Souls yet. Monster so. Hunter requires literally hours before you can even get a good concept of the game. It's 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 well, then it's already a bad game. The, and yeah, and I totally get that if if that's your if that's your take on it. Conversely, I totally Dauntless, I played for three and a half minutes, and I felt like I got a pretty good handle on it. Yes, you definitely, and that's the problem yeah. with it. You know, I'm I I was really pumped for that game. Um, and I mean, we've talked about it. Who knows what that? What so have it, your I have your expectations been tempered, or are you just kind of looking at the girl across the way in the form exactly. of Monster, Monster Hunter World That's and thinking exactly like, right. and thinking like, well, you know, yeah, like Becky's all right, but she's just a thirty-two B, yep. and I got old Monster Hunter World here, forty-four D. She ain't got and that bad three ass like That's Trisha. right. No, you're exactly right. Yeah, I mean. I, I don't. I mean, who knows? Uh, we may never know what the Dauntless team or whatever. Because it kind of seems like it won't come out. Oh, it'll come out. It'll come out. It, it's They've come put out. a lot of money into that. They've, although it's already. Yeah. Although yeah. I would have like said all those games. I would have said money into. You'd actually out. be surprised, Trevor. I, I. You know what I came back to the other day? Not to like totally deviate here, but I was just thinking about Dreadnought. You remember Dreadnought? Yeah. They had one of the biggest fucking booths the first year Michael was at PAX, and they're still not out. Even they were today. extremely hospita- or hospitable. No, and they're great people, and I hope they oh, get their game out. Nice, yeah. I hope they get their game out, but they have not. But anyway, gotcha. Dauntless. But that said, Dauntless. I think Dauntless is more of a bad demo than a bad game. Possibly, yeah. And I mean, it's, it's I don't like know. a really bad demo. It is a very bad demo. I agree. I don't know that it has a, the. I, I haven't played Monster Hunter. I hope to play it tomorrow. But the uh, it, just even watching people play, it's oh, just, got so much more than what. Yeah, just what from what has. I know about Monster Hunter, was which is very little. Mm-hmm. Like there, there's more about what I just kind of like abstractly know about Monster Hunter. Than anything I saw in Dauntless. Right, exactly. And so I don't, I, I don't know what Dauntless is going to do. I don't know if they expected that Monster Hunter was going to come out with a uh, PC version too to compete so. with them. I don't think they did either. This is pretty. This is like pretty popular talk at PAX about how yeah. Dauntless got destroyed by Monster For Hunter's sure, yeah. presence. Lots of the, you know, lots of the people we've talked to have had that same opinion, and I, I feel bad for him. I mean. It, it's not a bad game. It's it's fine for what it is, and it, uh, it definitely doesn't have the depth that Monster Hunter has. Not even close. See, I don't I don't feel bad for anyone who decides to go the iterative route, who gets right, you know, hoisted by their own fatard. Yeah, no, that's true. That's true. Yeah, but at the same time, I I have a respect for somebody who there's there's one thing to be like. So, like, Hotline Miami comes out, and a billion other people make Hotline Miami. Mm-hmm. And you're like, all right, fuck you guys. Hotline Dade County. Hotline Dade County. And um, and so, like, for that, I don't have a whole lot of respect for it. But there are, similarly, there's someone who, like, say, plays Persona, and is like, oh, Persona's really cool, but it's only out on PlayStation. And so right. they make Persona, but they make it on the PC, or they make right. it on a handheld, or they do something like that. And pornographic. Sure. And it's if not you called. Think that'd be great, right into the show. And it's not called, called Persona. It's called like like uh, Sir Dona or something like that. Yeah. You know. No, but, you're right. I mean, they were trying to fill the void of the PC. That's exactly. They were, they were they were they were finding they were fine. They found a gap yeah. and they tried to fill yeah. the gap. And I I I. I 
I admire that. I, I, I think that saying that it's, you know, uh, iterative or, or I think that's being reductionary, right? right? Like, I think there's more to it than that. They just happen to have a really bad fucking dice yep. roll. And exactly. It's just like Lawbreakers and Overwatch where, like, I really do believe that Cliffy B had, like, an original idea. And then he got really fucked by Blizzard, who had a, a original idea as well that turned out to be way better. And came out ahead of time. And came out ahead of time, yeah. uh, which sucks. That sucks for them. And, and so Dauntless is in a rough spot right now. Yeah. Doesn't mean they can't pull through. The, I mean, the difference, the difference between the two, um, which I think is a big difference, Dauntless has always been, and, and they've said since the beginning, it's free to play. So it's it's gonna be. I mean, mm. you you never know how that's gonna play out. If there's, they say there's no pay to win, but they all say that there's no pay to win. <laughs> right, see right. again, this is you fun because I get to see the look on everybody's face. Yeah. And so like, even though Doug didn't say anything, I can yeah. I can see how he's uh, doesn't buy your bullshit. Concerned. Yeah. Look, I mean, every single time I die, I just want to watch a thirty-second ad for Target. Right. <laughs> yeah, or, yeah. No, know, that's fair. If you've played any mobile game in the last three months, it's the Final Fantasy Kingdom game that they're really pushing on mobile, right. and I've yeah. seen that ad probably no, a yeah, thousand definitely. times. I mean, all the cool, uh, all, any of the good costumes are going to be. You got to pay for them. I can't remember where I read this. I, I read somewhere someone said something like, after the Conor McGregor-Floyd uh, Mayweather fight, they were like, imagine if you bet on McGregor and you won. You could have upgraded your Clash of Clans army twice. Just got to kick out of that. Um, yeah, free-to-play is a mess, and as soon as I hear it, my brain generally turns off. Um, yeah. yeah, but it, it does draw in a lot of people. It does, and uh, actually, conversely, on, on that note, um, we saw an MMO this week, uh, that Ashes of Creation, yes. and yes. I, while I didn't think anything I played was of note, I did think their subscription model kind of was of note, because I thought they had a really clever idea, uh, which was basically the game comes out, I don't think, I don't remember if he said we could say a price, I think we're not no, allowed to. Not. Yeah, he said that was embargoed, so I won't $4, say $4,000. I won't say it, but I will say there is a monthly price, and it's it rhymes with, no, <laughs> I won't do that. Yeah, well, he, I mean, he said that they're definitely going to go towards the subscription model, um, but uh, yeah, but the, 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 the Refer a Friend program was a very, very... Um, Smart idea. So the so the idea is, I start playing and I have let's just let's say that I, my subscription is a hundred dollars a month, but I refer Trevor, and all of a sudden it goes down to seventy five dollars a month, right? And and that I'm making up numbers. Yeah, that's, yeah. A, that's a bizarre. No, but, um, no so, one would have a hundred dollar a month subscription to an MMO. Oh, right, but it was interesting that. though. But it was interesting though. It's more than just like a flat fee that's cut off of your off. Of, it's actually a, a variable fee. It's he, right because he said that it's based on in game transactions. It's not a pay to win, but if you were to buy something from the in-game store, like you buy some cosmetic items, they would then subtract a percentage off of you, the person who referred them, uh-huh. off of your subscription. Right, so it builds. And you yeah. made you made kind of a comparison that I could tell bothered him a little bit. It where did, you, where he you bothered said it, Where him, you yeah. said it was a pyramid scheme. Yeah. <laughs> and he said, oh, no, no, it's a reverse pyramid. And then, yeah, he, he yeah. literally, he literally, almost like a cartoon, he yeah. kind of described yeah. how it wasn't a pyramid scheme, and in effect, it described an upside-down pyramid. And I feel like that happened in, like, a Simpsons episode. No, yeah, that is an episode of <laughs> uh, It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. That's right, that's right. Where she buys, like, the, the berries, and it's like a reverse funnel system. And then they turn the picture over and it's like she's like god damn it <laughs> <laughs> yeah so we, we pretty I mean, much it's, I, I don't yeah. think it's a bad idea for an MMO well like, and it no, doesn't it's a great idea because you're getting people you're getting people to refer their friends and, and then they're turn, gaining off of it 
Well, in turn, that that's what like makes an MMO the most fun. Right, that's right. that's, that's how right MMOs play, get so. successful. Is people yeah. so I think people are a, playing that's them. That's actually pretty smart. It's like if you can get people who you like to play the game, which I mean, maybe you won't be able to do that anymore. So you right. for any other game, but if you have that incentive, like it's probably going to keep you playing longer than if you like just have to meet a bunch of assholes on the internet. I think right. we, I think we've talked about this before. How sometimes the best games for like online multiplayer and stuff like that. They're not the best games. They're just the most ubiquitous. They're the games where I was most easily able to get like me and my four friends in it. Uh-huh. Like yeah. Player Unknown Battlegrounds, I don't think is all that remarkable, but the fact that everybody has it makes it way more approachable because I know you've got it, you've got it, and we can all play together if we yeah. so choose. Even though we've never played it together once, ever. Well, it's because I don't really like it. Because you guys don't <laughs> ever get online. I don't, I don't really I was like it. I play all the time, every no, night. Well, really still... Still, we were we were talking oh, about we were, we were talking about maybe playing Ark for a weekend. Uh, now that oh yeah, now that I've out. got it. Yeah. Uh, so maybe we should maybe we should go tame some dinosaurs. Yeah. You can come too, Doug. Come play Ark. Woo. You guys are meeting with them tomorrow, right? <laughs> I already met. With you already met with them today. Oh, how was it? Uh, brief. I actually. Oh, okay. Tell them tell them how this went because I thought it was really. Michael's never played the game before, and oh, even okay. and even told them that several times. Yeah, I dropped into this. So, generally the way we do things at PAX is we'll go and play a demo of the game and then kind of talk through what they've got, what they're planning. Uh, I went to the ARC booth, who I had set up an appointment with, and they dropped me off on a couch and said, like, hey, I'll be right back and make go get some water. And one of the senior producers, who was a very nice guy, he was, he was fun to talk to, came back and we chatted for about ten minutes about the new expansion which i guess is taking them from early access to actually like proper to 1.0 because I, I think they're starting their console releases too yeah mm-hmm. so it's, it's like it's a full-fledged game now but i i we started talking about the new release and i mentioned like i've never i've never played the game i've seen it played but i've never actually tried it myself and uh we talked for about 10 minutes and then we said goodbye and i left he was like, see you later. He didn't actually, he never thought, like, maybe he'd like to play the game. <laughs> They've got fucking demo stations there. Oh, man. And uh, didn't buy, and I had a totally different experience when I saw Ark. I, I, I saw it two years ago. I think I think it was before you even came to PAX, actually. Yeah. Uh, so maybe it was my first year here. And um, it's so funny to see them because they have this huge booth right now. Huge booth. And when I very when I very first saw them, you can jump on. When I very first saw them, they were like six computers over by Double Fine, Uh like just a (laughs) tiny, tiny booth. And now they have like now they're one of the biggest booths on the floor. Yeah. Uh, He was talking about it how they've gone from being like a hand like I think they said nine people to a seventy-five person studio. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they're definitely a you know indie developer success story. Oh, for sure. Very, very much so. The other, the other one that I really see a difference is 11-bit. Um, the yeah, same well. deal. 11-bit, the very first year I met them, they were on the, the sixth floor uh, or, or the fifth floor or whatever it is. The, the top floor. The, yeah. the, the place no one wants to go. Um, they, they, they were up there in like the back, back corner, uh, like as far away from everybody as you could be. And it was, again, it was like four computers and they were showing Which, off. incidentally, is where they keep the PAX 10 now because they're all terrible. They only had like three games running, uh, or they only had three stations running this war of mine and then the others were dedicated to some weird space game they were doing at the time. And and now they're, again, now they're one of the biggest booths on the floor. Like they've just made some huge strides just in the last four years. It's crazy. Yeah. Same with Tiny Build. Like all, all, all Oh yeah, those. my first year Tiny Build was like a little... They were upstairs. They they were upstairs, yeah. and they had like the the speedrunner couches. Although, I guess they, I guess they had a like a, a cage. They've always had the tacky orange booth at yeah. the very least. 
But now they've, they've become like a pretty major presence on the show floor. So you didn't get any experience then with the with expansion? I have never played no, a didn't, game park. didn't even get to see gotcha, it. Right. So not only not, not only not the new expansion, didn't even get to see never the original game. It, doesn't yeah. even have it. Doesn't, not even really, like he knows there's dinosaurs in it, but that's right. about it. I mean, it looks good. I bet it's fun, but. I mean, I'm, I'm, it's not. I'm sure that whoever he interviewed with probably just assumed that like maybe someone had already shown him the game or right. something. Yeah, yeah. Or I mean, he'd already played it before. But and, and every time he was like, I've never played it before, he meant like up until right then. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> when he did play it seconds earlier. Right. I mean, you that happens. We have people have different differing expectations of what to expect going into packs. Like there was last year where I interviewed a guy in the Hyatt uh, lobby. Yeah, I had someone like that last year who... Um, By the bathroom. He, well, so we had that one, and then I had one who, um, he was in the, the mini booth, and the mini booth rotates, mm-hmm. so Friday, Saturday, it's one set of games, and then Sunday, Monday, it's a different yeah, set. Yeah, the 3X guy. Uh, yeah, so he... You he, interviewed him by the bathroom. He scheduled an appointment with me for a day where he didn't actually have his game showing, uh, and, so, and so, yeah, we went over to the bathroom, and I, I did an audio recording where I talked to him, and, and he actually had a... Lucio reviewed his game. I believe he liked it, too. And gave it a pretty high score, yeah. so, like... It's, it's nothing against him. It's just it's one of those it's things that's, that's kind of odd yeah. yeah, and kind of funny. Uh, so I just had to imagine what his game was like. And I told him I'd come back later and look at it, and then I didn't. Um, I saw someone today who asked, was like begging me. She, she's like, please, we just barely released. Come check out our game. And I, I was like five minutes away from an appointment. So I told her, I'm like, I'm, I, I'm literally going somewhere, but I'll come back and see you later. And I probably won't. Yeah, it was Jade Raymond. It was Jade Raymond. Uh, I forget the name of the game. Uh, it's in it's in the mega booth. If you're facing the booth, it's on the right side uh, aisle, about midway down. It's a first person shooter. It looks like uh, it didn't really it didn't look like anything special, but I I might. Well, speaking of that, I, I said I'd go see it, so I feel like I should. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, we'll you can, see. You can see if you got time look at the, look at this guy with the ethics. You can see if you got time tomorrow. I'm pro- I probably do. Yeah. The uh, the one that I saw today that was uh, it, it wasn't it wasn't bad it, it didn't blow me away as anything uh, anything unique but it was Pylon Rogue. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, you said they were pretty enthusiastic. They were. They were very enthusiastic. Uh, that goes small. a long way with me at these shows. Yeah, you are first person to come see our game. Mm. Interestingly, they were from Oregon. Yeah, I yeah. said the exact same thing and to him. And that's how they speak in Oregon. <laughs> I said the exact same thing to him. Like, they were Polish, weren't they? And he's like, no, they're from Portland. <laughs> yeah, there is six guys in this studio. Um, I think it's called Quantum something. Quantum... <gasps> Break! Quantum of Solace. Quantum of Solace. Quantum of Solace. Quantum and, physics. And they, uh, they're... Um, yeah, nice guys. Uh, played their game, uh, ro- uh, Pylon Rogue. It was a interesting, and I- I've uh, honestly not played very many roguelike games, but or rogue, rogue games, roguelike games. But they were. It was. It was fun. Uh, lots of classes. I died a lot. Um, I, I did not do a very good job. I did, in fact, the once I picked the Golem class. It was a big old you know stone monster thing. Um, I was able to actually do a little bit better. Um, but it has a lot of uh, a, a lot of uh, it's it's already out on on pre-release or early access on Steam. It's fifteen bucks, but it was a it was a good game. Um, if you're into roguelikes, I'm sure you'd enjoy it. Um, they got all their their. <laughs> no, no, there's nobody yeah, here. I, I know nobody here, but you know, if anybody listening wants to play a roguelike, then it's it's definitely something that uh, people would be interested in. They they got a lot of their inspiration from Binding of Isaac and Diablo. You know what my problem with roguelikes is? 
I, I, feel, I can't shake this feeling, and I'm, maybe this isn't true, but it's just how I feel. Um, and in Trump's America, that's what's important, is how you feel. Uh, and I can't shake this feeling that they are um, easy to make. Um, uh, because because a lot of their gameplay revolves around you basically just doing the same stuff over and over again. Right. And so if you're keeping if you're gonna keep repeating the same first level over and over again, I only have to make that one level. You right. know. Yeah. Get good well, noob. They don't actually create the levels because like they're procedurally, they're procedurally generated. generated. Yeah. yeah. And so that's there. Therein lies the issue is they basically make like ten assets and then they just set them to keep yeah. showing up randomly and, and they make different colors for higher levels. Yeah. And I, I just I I, I even. I'm sure I've played some roguelikes that had a ton of work put into them, mm-hmm. and I just can't shake that feeling of like, man, they took the easy way and they did some yeah. bitch shit and like. No, I mean, and it's a small studio, so I'm sure they put a lot of work into the game. Um, the uh, th- the one thing I would say, I-, I totally agree, and I don't think they would even fight you on that on that fact that the you know, especially the enemies and stuff. I mean, they're all procedurally generated. There's only three; they call them biomes. There's a cave. Or the cave is the last one. So it's a jungle and a desert. They've got the same enemies that you fight every time you go into them. Mm. You know, there's nothing. There's a boss at the end of each of them. There's a dragon in the desert and something. I don't even know what it was in the in the jungle. But um, the the thing that actually struck me as pretty good was the uh, the different ways that you could build the class. So I never got to this point because I didn't beat any level. I beat I beat the level one time. So you're um, taking the word for it. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Because I, I never got to experience. You're right. The the way that you could build the class. So the golem, you can either pick a stone golem, ice golem, fire golem. Well, once you progress through the game, you can get more than one version of the golem into your move set. And so there, it was pretty cool the way that you could combine abilities and and stuff to to you know have a fire and ice golem. And, and there was a lot of things like that, a lot of abilities that you could stack. Um, you know, I asked the guy about the metas that they were developing there in the studio, pe- the, what they were playing and what they were seeing. And he said movement speed, you know, attack speed was, was something big in the game, and, which I'm sure it is. Yeah, you know, it's, it, what's, it's those metas which makes the games bad. I, I, I agree. Right? Yeah, definitely. As soon as there's a meta... That's all you. No, stick metas with. are important. Metas, no, that's, how, metas that's, make, what, that's how one player plays what, the game in a way that's better yeah. than every other player. And you master the game, don't you see? No, no, bad game. Oh my god! So continue on it. about this bad game. Yeah, and so I, I mean, I don't know. It, it the, it's fifteen bucks. I don't know. It, it, <laughs> no. <laughs> Once you fall back to well, well, it's cheap. <laughs> yeah, it, it is. It was it was inexpensive, and I think that they did put some time into it. It was, um, you know, obviously they they put a lot, of, you know, put put their heart into it. We'll see. I mean, it, it's in early access right now. The, from what I, I checked on Steam, in the early access, you can only play like one or two characters, which is weird. But mm. um, each character, there's like uh, I want to say there's five or six characters, and each of them have three different. Um, Variations of that character, so that's mm, right. Yeah, that was one of the games I saw. Just you know, some nice people, some good, uh, you know, uh, some good developers trying to make it in the world. I mean, if you keep going to uh, video game conventions, you're going to see a lot of procedurally generated roguelike games. Yeah, yeah. I, you know, and they're all great. I, I think the, I mean, and and I don't even know if this is something worth worth delving into, but. That's a bad demo for me. Like when I when I approach a booth and they're like, "It's procedurally generated. It's a roguelike." I'm like, "Ah, oh, great. Damn it. Oh my God, it's fucking lazy bullshit." Um, 
But having said that, I think I would still prefer that to this other type of game that you see pretty often where they have like a billion goals that are all impossible to <laughs> like that you know they're never going to reach. We're going to have an online player generated economy. There's a there's a game I saw and I actually I I won't I won't name it, but it's in the mega booth this year. And um, I, I, I saw it, and the very first year I met them, they did my least favorite thing when, a, when you have a press meeting, which is I went to see them, and he's like, so what do you want to do? And I was like, see, see the game? And he's like, well, okay. <laughs> well, I feel like you've been telling this story for three years now, so... This is been... actually a different dev. Oh. Uh, this is a different one, because this has happened to me twice. This has happened to me more than once. Like, this is a thing that happens where right. people schedule press meetings, and then when the press shows up, they're like... Why the hell are you here? I don't know what to do with you. And uh, these people who make this particular game are so far up their own asses, and they have the most lofty goals that they're just, I know they're never going to achieve. Look, this Assassin's Creed will be good. It's Assassin's Creed Origins. You got it right. How did you know? (laughs) I knew that you'd figure it out. I think um, I maybe know what you're talking about. I'd be surprised if you did. When we're done, uh, let's... Did let's, you watch... Did you see it today? I didn't go see it with an appointment, but, like, I, I walked by it. Okay. I, and actually, I didn't even realize they were at the show. I didn't... Because actually, so... I don't think I know what After I met with them, I was so put off by them, uh, and I kept getting emails from them. It was weird, because I met with them, and they acted like they wanted almost nothing to do with me, and then all of a sudden, every week, I was getting an email from this studio... And I was finally like, shut the fuck up. And so I blocked them in, in my email. And so I didn't even know they were going to be at PAX. They may have even invited me to another meeting to see the game. And, and I didn't even know. Um, but I saw them today and I was like, oh, they're still making that, huh? And I just figured they would have given up by now. <laughs> oh, you mean half the game's at PAX? <laughs> it's not that bad, but uh, depends on the year, I guess. I think these guys need to quit. They need. We to are Chicago. Up. They need to hang up their hat. They're not here. They're not here. They're this not year. here this year. There's a there's a couple staples that we had for a long time that aren't here. They this probably year. ran out of money because their game is <laughs> shitty and nobody Actually, wants to play it. I've I've heard that it was more expensive this year, and I've noticed that the top floor is a lot mm. less crowded. Uh, and so that I actually is a pretty good point. Is this exhibitor wise? It's like empty compared to previous years. Yeah, it, it was definitely more crowded in years past. Uh, like, I think probably today there was a similar number of participants. Or the, like the crowd fans. is the, the yeah. crowd is the same, but the group uh, the group of exhibitors is smaller. I would say the sixth floor, the indie floor, is maybe two-thirds as full. I was saying, I'm really surprised Runic's not here. They have a game coming out in like two weeks. Right, a game that people actually like. A game that's good. Like, we right. played it We played it two years in a row at PAX, and it was great. It? Uh, it's called Hob. Hmm. They made Torchlight. I don't know yeah, if you remember. No, I like that game. Yeah, I know. Yeah. I knew Hob's Runic there. games. Where where is it? Yeah, it's in the PlayStation. There's like one or there's like two spots for it. Oh, but yeah, so they don't have like a dedicated. So the PS4 people are demoing and not ruining. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, That's surprising because they've been there for the past two years demoing a game that I think feels like pretty much done. They had like a huge booth, and yeah, and yeah, when you play the game, you're like, why are you guys still working on this? Yeah, like, this will be out later today, right? Yeah, it feels like it should pretty much be finished. What's something that you guys have seen there? that you haven't gotten to play that you'd like to? You know, um, no. it's not really my jam, but I'm I'm still really interested in Frostpunk tomorrow. I saw, what is that? 
I saw that one. I don't know. It's like a strategy game. Yeah, but it, it, told it me almost that, looks like RTS, but I'm not too sure. It told me that you had to resort to cannibalism, and I'm really interested in stuff like that. <laughs> there was a game Michael and Lucio played their first year there where they like turned people into batteries or something. Uh-huh. And I yeah, was Lucio, really... Lucio, Lucio, not me, Lucio, turned people into fuel to power his rocket drill car. <laughs> <laughs> and he was very cavalier about it. So when I see a game like that, we played that we played that graveyard keeper, graveyard keeper, graveyard. <laughs> and uh, they were talking about how like there's a festival and it has hot dogs and meat's expensive, so why not just use your your dead bodies that you have lying around to make Shop hot dogs? Shop up corpses and turn them into hot dogs. Yeah, yeah, and so stuff like that just gives me it, yeah. it, it tickles me. And so it's kind of reminiscent of funeral quest. Yeah, actually, it kind of is. I saw that Frostpunk. I, I couldn't tell what it was. Everybody seemed to be on the same exact point in the game when I was watching it. They're all looking at some snow. I have a yeah, feeling that it's just a, pretty much. I have a feeling it's just an RTS, and so every screen looks the same. I don't yeah. think it's the people are in the same spot. I think the game just always looks the same. You know what I'm interested in seeing? That I uh, will actually probably. I don't have an appointment to see it, but I think I'm just going to go and show up. Uh, is Moonlighter. Uh, and it's in the same booth as Frostpunk, and it's that game where you... It's like a top-down Zelda kind of yeah, game. Yeah, I did see that. So the idea yep. is you go out at night, and you kill monsters and get loot, and then during the day, you run a store with all the stuff that you found at night. Gotcha. And I, there's something, to me, charming about it. Yeah. I, I've seen no, it. No, it did look pretty good. I, I watched some people play for a couple minutes. That name didn't, didn't ring a bell, it but I know a, what you're talking about. It was about. a Kickstarter, actually, originally, and it, it made like 130000 and they asked for forty, and wow. and they, they way surpassed it's it. Like a, it's like a, a pixel game, right? Uh, yeah. yeah, and actually, I think it got picked up by Square Enix Collective, too. Um, but I'm really interested in it, and I think I'm going to go try and talk to them uh, and, and see what they got. Any other? Let's 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 wrap this up because we're way past the hour mark. I have one more question. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Before you can all you can go through the rest of the questions, but I got one. Oh, you, I thought it was going there. It was Michael's turn to answer what game he wants oh. to play. Oh, oh. Um, not really any of them. <laughs> no ducks question. <laughs> I don't, I don't know. I was talking about talking to Doug about this earlier and. I understand the reason that a lot of studios are going towards certain business models and emulating certain games, but it's really not things that I get excited for, so I feel like over the past three years I've seen more and more games kind of focus on things that I really, I personally don't want to play. Sure. I I think that... uh... I think the amount of things that I'm like really enthused about has gone down mm-hmm. as the show's gone on, and I don't know how much of that is just like seeing repeat stuff where I because like like Hob is coming out, they're not at PAX, and I'm super right. interested in it. Well, I've seen Antihero and the Pit People at PAX three years in a row, and I don't think either of those are like. I will say I love Pit People. I'm just I don't need to demo it again. Well, it's still early access, right? It is. Yeah, yeah it's I, weird. That's not it, right. It, it's it's odd for the Behemoth. I kind of I kind of miss this thing that they used to do where they just waited a really long time and put a game out. Like yeah. I, I don't know if you guys remember Castle Crashers, but the wait oh, for that yeah. great the game. wait for that game was nuts though. It took them forever. They were working really? on it for ages. And uh, but there was no early access. There was no bullshit like that. Right. It just it just eventually came out. Yeah. And I kind of wish that they'd taken that approach with Pit People because I don't want to play it until it's done, and it ain't done right now. Yeah. So well, that's a know. discussion for another podcast. That's a whole yeah. big industry. Yeah, it, it's true. It's a it's a whole other problem. What about you, Doug? Is there anything? Um, I, I think we already discussed the games I would like to see. Maybe we'll see them tomorrow. Yep. 
Yeah, you're still hoping. Other than what you want to see, is there anything you haven't said that you'd like to see, Trevor? Uh, actually, one that I thought of. I can't exactly remember the name, so that's awesome, of course. Super Mario. Uh, it's called like the Amazing Elementals or something. I think oh, it's the people of course who you made, would. Yeah, yeah. It's the people. I think they. It's the Warframe. people who wanted to get all of that Overwatch money. Yeah, that's true. It is very Period. similar. Is, yeah, it, it is, is it the people that made Warframe? Is that who made it? I have no idea. I think that might be who it is. I think it might be have something to do with Sega. No, oh, really? I haven't even Sega, I haven't even heard of this. Sega booth. I think, but I think our Sega contact had it. Has been advertising okay. for. Okay. At the, at the very least, really. they're sharing a PR firm, maybe. Right. Yeah, yeah. So I've already gotten into the alpha access for it, so I'm not even going to go try to play it at PAX. Um, it wasn't hard. It, I didn't. It's not like I had some sort of special access. You, I just signed up and, and they sent me an invite for it. Well, they got a person. Yeah, exactly. And so um, it's you know a PvP shooter. Yeah. That's it. That's it. But I'm going to try it out. Yeah, why not? They had a cool. They had a cool looking booth. All the all the computers are wrapped with like a old you know TV with a like the antennas popping out, and they had a, a lot of cool little little features. As like as, as an aside, I almost asked to take a picture of the Phantom Doctrine booth, uh, nice. specifically the desk that you were sitting at. Like it has like the old timey yeah, lamp and exactly. like the typewriter, and yeah, uh, I got a kick out of it. But anyway, I already know what your question is, Doug. But go Doug ahead and ask your funny. Go question. ahead and ask it anyway. Maybe you, maybe you don't. <laughs> <laughs> Who was your favorite PAX attendee? Oh, that actually oh. isn't what I expected you to ask. Wait, wait, hold on real quick, Jerry. Maybe I have what a question. What did you expect? Well, I thought Doug was going to ask how we get to the 106. <laughs> <laughs> I was, I was going to make that joke at the end. Well, that, that is obviously unknown, but... I thought, I thought for sure he was going to ask how we take the 107 to the 101 Those and get downtown. Lines, by the way. Yeah, these are the Seattle bus lines. So shout out to my man Dave. If you're listening to this, we love you. Yeah, from outside. Uh, and we really appreciate. Oh no, here he comes. We really, we really appreciate you coming and bringing us a bus schedule, even though we very obviously didn't want to talk to you. Anymore. We rented a car. I really hope he doesn't listen to this because he'll probably drive to Salt Lake City and kill us. <laughs> Um, just bleep his name. Favorite Paxitude. Yeah, because he, he won't know, because he'll just think it's the other guy who brought us bus schedules. <laughs> oh, that Nick sounds like a real asshole. <laughs> Um, favorite PAX attendee, um, <sighs> there's so many. I don't know, I feel like this year it's a little short on characters acting like gigantic babies, so. <laughs> the, the, the last year Michael and I were here, there was a guy who had a fucking meltdown because he had to wait in line, and I haven't seen as much of that this year. I haven't seen as much of children, or, or of, like, people behaving like children. Yeah. Children men. Children men uh, uh, doing it. I've seen some, like, really creepy guys creeping on girls. You know, I, I know who my favorite is. It's the guy who just wore a swimsuit to PAX, <laughs> and he had some kind of gun made of, like, PVC, and I, I'm sure he was supposed to be cosplaying as someone, but I don't know who or what. I like him. I hope that he's back next year. He's got a bod too. Like, yeah, oh, he does. oh my goodness. Um, I, I just, I, I thought I knew what a tight T-shirt was, <laughs> and I really didn't until I came to PAX. <laughs> I really didn't. I didn't understand like how you could buy a one XL and stretch it out to a six XL. <laughs> like, there's, it takes a lot of hard work. There's some like, there's some, there's some science and some physics and some like space time shit. That are going into some of the outfits that yeah. I've seen at this show for sure, no doubt. And I don't want to be mean spirited, but it's too late. I've done it. It's still funny. What about you two? 
My favorite is the guy who is cosplaying as the Pokemon bad guy. Oh, yeah. I, I don't know what they're called. The Skull something. Team or Skull or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. And uh, he is he stands in random corners throughout the entire facility. And he just he has a Pokeball in his hand. And he stands there. He's got the little mask on. And he just stares people down. And sits in the corner the whole time. That's it. And he looks ridiculous, but he's having a good time. He's having fun. He's enjoying his packs. Experience. He's having fun. You're having fun. Yeah. We're all having fun. No, for me, I saw a guy who was dressed as Rick from Rick and Morty today, and he was like, I think in character doing the doing his Rick impersonation, and it was spot on, but. He was also like a 400 pound bearded guy. <laughs> I saw that guy. Yeah. He's got a really good he's got a really good Rick. He does a, he does a good Rick voice. But he also weighs about as much as like four Ricks. <laughs> That's actually the next season Fat Rick. Fat Rick. Yeah. Fat Rick. Fat Rick. But also also he couldn't be bothered to shave his gross nerd beard to <laughs> to perfect his uh, his outfit. So, you know, my favorite packs guy. I do have to comment. There are some really good cosplays, actually. Like there's some. Like there, there are. There are some. Yeah. There are some people who obviously put a lot of time, effort, and thought into something that I don't even think about for ten seconds. Yeah. And, and I'm always, I'm always, I always see someone who impresses me. Who yeah. I'm like, holy shit, look at you. Yeah. Um, having said that, I also see somebody who I'm like, wow, you really didn't think about this, did you? <laughs> like, or also they suck at it. I was I was thinking it's very interesting how Twitch seems to get around the no booth babe policy by having cosplay women who clearly don't want to be there. Doug and I were walking by one of the the uh, studios today, and there was a very beautiful woman dressed as some sort of bullshit anime girl, but she was so bored she couldn't even be bothered to be engaged in the conversation that all the fucking nerd hosts were having. She was just looking at a tablet, like scrolling through the internet. Uh huh. There's that there's that Simpsons that I always come back to when I think of this where do you come with the car right where they walk up do you come with the car and she's like oh you tee and then the next guy comes up and says the exact same joke and I don't know I just I get a kick out of it Doug I feel like you wouldn't ask this question unless you yourself had an no, answer actually you segued really well it was the unsung heroes of PAX the uh, the not booth babes who have to hang around all these horribly creepy people. Oh, man. And pretend to so, enjoy them. So Every day. So today I saw one of these non-booth babes, right? A very attractive woman standing there. She was literally staring up into the sky because she was so bored. <laughs> I don't even know what game she was there with. It was like some sort of Xbox booth, man. but it wasn't in the main Xbox area. No. Do you know what I'm talking about? She's next to like the dragon where all the guys are all where all the knights are hanging out. Well, anyway, so oh, okay. it's like no, right but... near the main entrance at the top of the elevators if you turn to the left. She's hanging out there. I've mm. seen her the past few days. The atrium area. Yeah. Oh, she's okay. staring off into space. And this and this guy stops because he sees her. And and this guy stops and he turns to her and he says, I thought you were a statue because you were standing so still. That was like his. That was his intro. That's a good line. That's and, a good line. And that's no, what he started with. I, I I passed by, so I didn't hear the rest of the conversation. But that is how it started. And she, I'm sure, had to talk to him. Yeah. There's 
there's something that, and we talked about this earlier when we were talking about panels and people who ask like really off the wall weird questions in panels. And I noticed this with Booth Babes too. For some reason, the average con goer, or at least the creepy ones, can't seem to fathom that the women who are there don't give two fucks. And I cannot tell you every show, every show that I have been to, and I've actually done it sometimes on accident too. I was waiting in line for Super Mario uh, Odyssey this morning, and the woman running the line, I remembered like a similar experience at E3 where I where I asked the guy, I'm like, you know, so hey, what's your favorite game at the show? And he was basically like, oh, I don't fucking play games. Games are for faggots. You know? <laughs> like, and uh, but I see it every show where like they go up to the booth babes and they're like, do you know how you get past level seven? Uh, because I keep losing my power up, and I feel like I if I had a different power up, I could win. And she's just you can just see in her eyes she's like what the fuck is happening right now like i just want to text my boyfriend and like get my paycheck you know see how like, he's doing at the gym that he works at right yeah like <laughs> oh my god i can't wait to tell my motorcycle riding boyfriend about this as I can soon give, as i bail him out i can give every congo a really great tip on how to approach and talk to these women and, how, and, and why they'll really appreciate it when you go and you're walking by and you see a really attractive booth, babe, and you say, oh, I've got this really cute joke, I'm going to go up and talk to her about it. Don't. <laughs> yeah. There you go. It's just, it. Instead, what you should just stab yourself in the stomach multiple times in front of her, and that'll and actually probably, that'll draw her attention more than if you if you say whatever clever thing you have. I just, and again, I, I don't even think, I don't even think it's like a creepy, like, hitting on them thing. I honestly think it's almost like more like a friendship thing where they're like, they like games too. I'll talk to them about games. And they, no, they don't. None of them do. They fucking hate them. And they hate you. And they want to get away from you as quickly as they can. I mean, there there is something very... So there, there are two wings... I guess they call them three wings, but at the uh, like the main floor of PAX, there is the Xbox, PlayStation, Indie Mega Booth area, where I think people are more or less interested in the games. And there's the other area where they have some of the bigger studios and a lot of the people who sell hardware and gear and shit. And that's where the Twitch people are. Right. And that whole area seems to be just... There's like a dedication to making you believe that all of these people really care about games rather than just right. like getting a paycheck because there will be an attractive girl watching two fat guys play a tournament of like Dota <laughs> and they'll be like oh he's picked the the left lane wow that's very interesting yeah. the way that he is picking the other lane that is not the right lane and people eat it up i i think they it really, works. i think they really like to buy into it the fantasy works. that this is something that's not as sad as it is. Like the better booth babes, like, you know, they're, they're trained to, you know, regurgitate a few things that, you know, oh, this game is like this and this one. And then, you know, it tricks it's, these poor nerds into thinking that she's not just a very nice actress. Right, right. Like no, but you're, you're, what you're, DPS you're, means. You're right. I mean, I, I, no one who's listening to this is, is probably this type of person, at least I think, but... Again, like every time I'm at these shows, every single one of them, it doesn't matter what one, E3, anything, you name it, I always hear some. And like I said, sometimes I've been that person. Sometimes I've I've made the mistake of thinking that somebody who was running a line actually like gave a fuck about any of what they were doing. And 99% of the time, they don't, especially if it's AAA. They were just hired uh, right. by, by like a modeling agency to yeah. just be there. They look good. 
they look good, and that's it. And sometimes yeah. they look very good. Let's not. And sometimes they, the, no. sometimes they have some really weird thoughts about games. Like sometimes they're like, "Yeah, man, I love that Candy Crush," and like <laughs> you know, they, they they've got some like really weird ideas of what's going on uh, before it. But I, I remember, especially at E three, I see it more at E three than PAX, where well, I interact PAX with a lot has of the no booth babe policy. True, of course, true. Of no well, and it's not, it's not just babes either. It's hunks. There's booth hunks That's too. That's true. Yeah, you know those guys that are really stunning those ladies. But yeah, except you know, you know one of the booths with the giant dinosaurs yeah. had both. <laughs> Did they? And, yeah, they yeah, had Ark has. Like a buff guy and a slightly uh, mulatto-looking yeah. hot girl. That's well, the, that's so the, that's the new world we live in. The yeah. Battle Chasers booth had this girl dressed up in some cosplay as one of the male characters in the game. She was and uh, it's smart because you can't yes, accuse him of anything. Exactly, and, and you're so being homophobe. and she was still being being extremely attractive. And she shuttles the new people. In she line does to the game to the game. Yeah, she makes some nice comments. The and creepy all, nerds take I a like picture your of her shirt. cleavage. <laughs> yeah, the, dude, there was one guy that was really talking her up. Luckily, I'm sure. Luckily I'm for sure. her, luckily for her, we had an appointment and we broke her out of that awkward encounter. Um, did she sleep with you as a thank you? <laughs> she did not. Well, yeah, well, that's, but, but that's what you were expecting. Right? I was hoping. Right. Uh, you were, you Why were, were you even white knighting in the first place? Yeah, exactly. How it long have we been recording? <laughs> yeah, we're, I mean, we're, 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 we're past, pretty far over. We're past our prime. It, we're, getting was, the, we're getting to the gallery here. It was it was an interesting time. It, it is. It's a, it's a thing it packs, for sure. All right, let's do it. Final pack slot, Michael. It's okay. Doug. The booth babes do want you, and you have a chance. <laughs> Trevor. Ah, yeah, I mean, I don't know. O- overall thoughts, it was, uh, you know, my first experience. It was fun. I think you got to, my thought to you, listener, is I think that you got to, uh, you got to, first you got to have a dream, and then you follow the dream, and the dream will take you to the booth babe of your dreams, and... I know that I said that none of them care about games, but one of them has to, statistically. And so, if, and so if you keep asking all of them what their favorite game is, eventually one of them will say Fire Emblem, and that's your favorite game, Sims too. Sims 3. Sims 3? No, that actually, that, the women might play that. <laughs> that's what I said. But I'm just saying, like, like, from a statistical standpoint, if you ask every woman on Earth what their favorite game is, eventually one of them is going to say your favorite game, and then you're going to fall in love. So never give up on your dreams. Doug's right. Um, I gave up on my dreams and my life got way better after but if you give up on yours that might not happen so I yeah. think I think just keep doing what you're doing uh, and eventually it'll work so also if you ever wanted to go to PAX maybe do it soon because it looks like in a couple of years there won't be anybody there you know what I've learned that turns women on a lot is following them to their cars so <laughs> right? try that too it shows that you have an interest wait until the show's over and, uh, and give a parking garage give that a go and well I mean start early be like hey where are you going this will go out after PAX is over so it's going to be too late but you can try it next year yeah, so uh, you have all year to work on your game Good luck out there. Lady at the table with the booth babes don't come next year. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, if you're a booth babe and you're listening to this, you know, we're sorry. I don't sorry. imagine any of the, the hot ladies come back year after year. No, I think they do this once and they're like, that was enough. That was Whoa. good. I'm, I'm, no, 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 no. It's like their equivalent of like a, a tour in Iraq and <laughs> Afghanistan. It's like they did their time. <laughs> they wake up at night in like cold sweat remembering. PTSD. Yeah. Shit, Is yeah. everything okay, honey? It's just the nerds. <laughs> 
All right. Still well, got the memories. Hey, thank you for listening. Uh, it was a pleasure to to record this. We had a we, we even though it didn't sound like it, we've had a, a great time at the show, and we'll we'll continue to have a great time. What show? Uh, yeah, exactly. Um, go follow us on Facebook and Twitter if you haven't already. We're the Enemy Slime on both of the services. And uh, I think with that, we are off, off to bed. Cause the better ruins games. <laughs> <laughs>